0: If you are allergic to peanut butter, this is going to be a tough series on you. I'm sorry, very much so, especially if you ever crave it. Um, let me, this, that was like a good dramatic hum there, too. I, I tell you what, I, I do uh, think it's, it's fun to watch my oldest, that's Jocelyn and Jenna, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and enjoying them. And uh, we didn't realize until we were recording it how hard it is for Jenna missing some teeth to like actually do a true bite on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich as it like gets no bite right there on the edge, so it's kind of fun to watch on, the, on that little bumper. But we're going to jump into a series called Taste and See, thus the eating of something on our video just to make you hungry as lunch, your stomach will tell you lunch comes earlier than it does now today, Right. And uh, I hope at the end of today you give an extra big thank you to the volunteers back in the kids area because kids' nap times are going to kick in while we're in here, you know, and, and, and all that good stuff. So I'll just uh, say thanks very much because who knows what it's going to be like. It's a tough day on kids and parents. But those of you who just have pets or don't have kids, it's uh, Jaden's like, I, I parents are saying it's tough on them, but boy, our dog woke up early. I'm like, whatever, dude. That's awesome. That is awesome. They're real people too. <laughs> Psalm 34.8 says this, taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. Taste and see. You don't know until you have experienced it yourself, that the Lord is truly good. And once you experience the goodness of God, it's a conviction forever that He's good. But you have to taste it to see. I remember when uh, we were starting Open Life, and we started this church uh, just a little uh, under four years ago at the Regal Theater, and right across the parking lot was, at the time, Sushi Town, right? And now it's, they're all trappers, and And it was a, but Sushi Town was there, and I'd never like done anything beyond California roll uh, for sushi, and I think that I was deceived for years of the potential of sushi until I went to Sushi Town, and so it's one of those food groups that like if you've never had it, you would probably be quick to say I don't like it. Kind of like if you're if you know somebody who's never been to church and you invite them they'll be quick to say, oh, I'm not a church person, right? You've, you've probably been told that if you've ever invited anybody to come with you to church, and they're like, oh, I'm not a church person. Well, that's exactly. Like, we're not trying to make you a church person at Open Life. We're just trying to get to know you. Anyway, so they… Uh, but the sushi, like, I don't like sushi. Well, have you ever tried it? Yeah. And then somebody finally said, well, have you… Where did you get it? And then I was like, well… Like my wife brought it home, it was probably on sale at Albertsons with doublers and, and, and the clearance aisle, you know, so she probably made money to bring it home. And, uh, and so that's, that was kind of my answer. And, 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 and that's why I didn't like sushi, you know. I mean, I still liked it a little bit, but I don't think clearance and raw meat should go together. And, uh, and so she would bring that home and I would eat it and I, I kind of enjoyed it. But then somebody finally got me to go through the door at Sushi Town you know, I figured we were meeting at the Regal at the time. I should go and enjoy sushi. And, and oh my goodness, I think I got like this thing called the Rainier and the Mountain and the Bonnie Lake. Like it was just this, all these things came to the table and you like grab one and it's falling apart. And I put it in my mouth and it was like this explosion of goodness and awesomeness inside my mouth. And something else happened. At that very moment… I just began to crave it. <laughs> like so I don't know what they put in that stuff, and I—I I didn't know this at the time, but I'm allergic to rice, and and so that's I really enjoyed it a lot. But then, like, uh, it was not good to me later. But I still like craved it, even though, right? I would I would itch like crazy if I eat too much rice. But I still was like oh well, so I'll itch, you know. This is really good stuff. And and I would uh, follow them then on Twitter and Facebook and look for their coupons and know the secret password, and you get like a few dollars off. And then I remember going, all you can eat sushi. It sounds like a good experience, but it's really painful. And uh, so I would go in and just gorge on that stuff. And then finally, actually, I did get so ill. I ate way too much at the All You Can Eat. I have not been back since then. I'm kind of trying to still relive that experience in my mind because I still crave it. Like that stuff's addicting. Sushi. I truly discovered the reality that you don't hunger for anything you've yet to taste. In no way, shape, or form before tasting that sushi did I ever crave sushi or say, oh, there's a, you know, all of a sudden I would notice sushi places wherever I'm going. Oh, there's a sushi place. I wonder if it's like, Sushi Town or Trappers, you know, I think I'm going to go check it out. By the way, I'm getting no endorsement for plugging them today. I should actually send them a note and get like a coupon for all you can eat. Uh, Anyway, I I was, you know, I also discovered, you know, when I would be out and about, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're noticing sushi places, and I was like, you don't see what you've yet to taste, right? So I tasted sushi, and now I see sushi wherever I'm at. You know, it's just like, oh, there's sushi. And you can see really quickly if it's good or bad. Like, it's one of those food groups that's like, no longer is Dana ever allowed to buy sushi on clearance at a grocery store and bring it home and call it food, right? It's just not allowed. It's it's once you go good sushi, you can't go back. So taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. It leads us to uh, unpack two thoughts today, this reality of taste and see. And the two thoughts, well, I'll start… The first one is, eat the food. Pretty simple, right? When I was first a youth pastor, we did this bike ride thing in the San Juan Islands to raise money for those who would give up their normal life… To serve in foreign countries uh, yeah, and, and share God's love with people. And, and so we would raise technical support money for them by doing a 150 mile bike ride in three days in the San Juan Islands. It was rough on part of me. But it was enjoyable. On the other side, you know, it was, the view was awesome. It was a lot of fun. But like, I hadn't ridden a bike in a long time, and there's no amount of gel that really helps the seat, right? So I was. Uh, those gel seats are a great thought, but you still hurt after 150 miles on a bike in three days. But one of the the cool things that I first discovered is we get to our first food stop, and, and the only food they had there was like. You know, granola bar. It was good stuff. But one of the things was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And I'll never forget how incredible that tasted after quite a few miles and sweat and heat. And you're just like, that is incredible food. How many of you have been camping and all you took with you was some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? You know, it's like, this is incredible substance to my body, right? And, uh, and so, but you have to eat it to know how incredible it is. There's no better witness to the truth of Scripture and spiritual laws than good old experience and feeling. Now, you don't want to base your faith on a feeling or experience, but it sure can prove to you that what you know after experiencing it and feeling it is actually true. It's a good backup, right? It's what makes your faith a conviction when giving faith a taste, I guess it means you get past you get past the line or the waiting room and you actually sit down, open the menu, make the order, and when the food gets there, you eat it. I don't know if you've ever worked in the the food industry. Okay, so maybe I'll ask this. Have you looked at a menu lately? You gone to a restaurant, you looked at a menu. Yeah, this is interaction. Most most people go out to eat every once in a while. Um it's actually torture when you have four kids to go out to eat, so we don't do it very often. It's like not a positive, restful experience. Um, but the, uh, and then not just… When you do it, do you, do you let someone order for you, or do you really look at the menu, discover what would taste good to you, like you, what you think you would like, and then you order your desired food… Most of the time, that's what people do. I'm an adventurous eater, so I'll say, if I'm at a new place, I'll say, what's on the menu that if I just never made it here again, I have to eat it? Now, you're in trouble if the waiter's new, right? Or if they're just trying to upsell you. And you can kind of tell. But, you, you know, oftentimes you get, like, something you never would have ordered, but it's really, really delicious. And uh, if the waiter's good, they just totally get you. But I, I, I love this. Um, uh, this thought of, can you imagine ordering and not eating it? Okay, stick with me. Psalm 119, 103 says, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. The psalmist telling God, man, the Bible is sweet to the taste. So, Just as secondhand smoke is dangerous, secondhand faith is dangerous. Imagine this. You walk into that same restaurant. You get the menu. You order the food. But this time, the waiter comes to the table, and you're asking them to eat it for you and then describe their experience. Be a weird restaurant, right? It, knowing Seattle, that would be popular. I don't know. It would like make the news. Oh yeah, this cool place. You go there, you order what you want, and then you just like you watch someone eat it. They'll explain it to you. Maybe they'll give you one little bite. I don't know. You know, they'll let you smell it. Uh, hopefully not on their breath. But you know, it's just. But imagine this. They're there. They're they're. You know. The, the flavors exploding in their mouth. Let's say, what's a really good restaurant that just does that to you? Crockett's. Let's say you're down at Crockett's, and you're just like, oh man, the flavors are exploding. If you've never gone there in Puyallup, another free endorsement. I have no idea what's going on here. But, um, you know, you're there, you're enjoying this flavor, and, and but the waiter's like just trying to explain it to you the whole time. Wouldn't you think he'd be going, what am I doing? Right? You're like, no, no, you eat it. Uh, it's your you know, I just ordered it. And so they're trying to explain the seasonings, the sensation, how full they are. After about four tables, they'd be going, it'd be like an amazing race task, you know. You have to eat it if they don't want it. They're <laughs> like, oh man, I'm going to die. Sometimes as a pastor, I feel like that waiter. I open up my Bible. I read it during the week, just as any other follower of Jesus might do. Begin to study it just to be Enriched and refreshed myself, and, and, and God kind of shares something with me that I believe He's supposed to share with you. And, and so I get up here, and I, I feel sometimes that out in community, the different open doors and opportunities we have the, uh, the chance to, to step through, we're experiencing this incredible flavor of the faith in action, and we get to taste and see that the Lord is good in our, like, daily life, and I come here, and I'm like, oh, it was delicious. It was so awesome. You said to the right amount of Johnny's seasoning, you know, it's just, you're sharing it, and it was all you could eat, <laughs> and so, and, and, and you listen to me, oh, yeah, that sounds like it was delicious, right? But have you tasted Right? Have you been in action in your faith? Have you bit into the faith? Have you opened your mouth and just grabbed a hold of a story that you can share? You know what would be a cooler restaurant or, or movement, I guess you could say, is if everybody went in, like to a different restaurant and they all actually ordered food and, and ate the food, and then they shared with one another their experience with that meal. That's how I think food is supposed to be experienced, right? And community. And and that's also how the faith is supposed to work. That's God's desire, is that we're all in action, that we all taste and see that the Lord is good, that we can have refuge in Him, and we can go, man, this is is how my meal went this week. How'd your meal go this week? Oh, incredible. How'd your meal go? it was rotten. Oh, bummer. Yeah, I got food poisoning. Yeah, I don't know. But you, you could at least share, or maybe you could go places and enjoy. If you get the right waiter, they'll give you the exact food you'll like the best. They'll pair it with the right drink. Right? I mean, if you're a really good restaurant, and, and you're like, I don't know what I would like. I kind of like these things. They'd go, oh, you would love this. If They really know the menu. Well, that's the way church is supposed to operate. We're not There's not a few leaders at the center that are supposed to just be at this like eternal buffet the whole time. (laughs) Oh, so good. That's what it tastes like, right? And you're like, it's no. You're supposed to come in going, man, I had the most incredible experience this week. You know, we all have a story. We need to begin to share it because we've tasted and we've seen. Our eyes were open. Hebrews 4 says this, Since we have a great high priest who's gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The high priest used to be the one that you would come to with, like, your sin or your offering, and then they would go to, like, God for you and offer up. In the Old Testament, the old school days before Jesus, right, they would would be the one that would go to God. And so you had to have a priest. You had to have this high priest do this for you. Well, Jesus comes, and He takes all of our sin upon Himself, He walks a faithful, sinless life, tempted in every way we are. Makes Himself faithful all the way to the cross. They bury Him. Three days later, He rises from the grave. Forty days later, He he ascends into heaven, and, and then we receive the promised Holy Spirit to give us the strength and power to walk faithfully, to share our faith with others. This all happens, and then... Now, because of that, we have direct access to God. We no longer need that high priest to like take our prayers to God for us. We can go directly to God. It says right there, you can approach the throne of grace because God's not Ah, 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 at you. Can't believe what you did this week. No, you approach a throne of grace. That's important to have that mindset. We're approaching a throne of grace with confidence, not a throne of potential judgment, not a throne of potential doom. No, we're approaching a throne of grace with confidence. And we have this opportunity to to taste and see personally, one-on-one, us and God, that He is good. Taste and see. We need to eat the food, right? The role of the pastor shifted at the moment of the cross, From being the one to go to God for your behalf to now helping you go to God on your own behalf and to empower you to have the stories the priests used to have. It's called the priesthood of the believers, right? Now you can go out and you can taste and see and you can help others taste and see. And we're here to empower you to do that. In other words, we can pull up a chair to the buffet of God's grace and taste and see for ourselves that God is faithful, and we can be the one who with faithfulness shines in the world right around us, wherever we're present, and we need to be present. We need to be out in community so others can see the Jesus in us that is in the Scripture. There's a level of risk with this whole taste and see mindset. Obviously, if you just say, well, you know, the pastor said on Sunday that we're supposed to taste and see, that can break down. A couple of illustrations. About a month ago, we were in Indonesia, and uh, awesome time serving, doing social justice, helping start churches, lead pastors, all those things. So, we're there in Indonesia, and one of the places we did ministry was in the red light district for those of you who don't know what that is, it's like everybody's a prostitute, like the whole place is, is really crazy there. So red light district, while I was there, probably would have been bad practice to say, honey, taste and see, right? Taste and see, right? No, 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 no. See, you don't just, you can't just apply it everywhere. That's a, it doesn't quite work there. Just blocks from where we were at, we went to this restaurant. This is interesting. They took us to this restaurant and told us we were going to eat tissue, Now, when you're an American, you're going, that's sick, right? (laughs) What is that? Like, why would I eat tissue? But we get to this restaurant, and it's actually like this stuff. Like, I guess you would call it kind of like a crispy crepe that they spread out on this big round thing, and then they cone it up. It's like this big cone, and they pour like honey and chocolate and sugar on it, and you eat it, and it's like incredible, they call it tissue, though, so it's, it's kind of fun when you Instagram that and say, I just ate tissue, and people in America are like, you're sick, dude, but taste and see. I mean, it worked there, right? Blocks away from the red light district, taste and see worked. In the red light district, taste and see, no good. While in the jungle, it was flood season, and uh, so we're in central Borneo, this big island there, and we were, um, it, it's flood season. We, like, drove through rivers to get where we're at, dirty water, right? But I was thirsty. Taste and see? Bad idea. Bad idea with dirty water. In fact, it's the same water that when I walked through it, my feet instantly broke out in a rash. Yeah, because it's the bathroom, the sink, the bathing tub, water. It's everything, right? And uh, uh, But when I was exhausted and I almost passed out on top of the steel structure, and they got me down with the ladder, which was nice. And uh, so, I get down. They took a uh, young coconut, and with the machete, they chopped off the top. I kind of felt like I was on Survivor for a second. I was living the dream. And, uh, and, and I drank the contents of that raw, that young coconut, and it was incredible. Kind of reminded me of the rind, like the green part of a watermelon, but yet it was sweet at the same time, and you're drinking it. And then they split it open, and I scooped out the white contents, which in a young coconut is soft, and it tastes just like an avocado, but it gives you electrolytes, and all of a sudden I was rejuvenated. So taste and see was good there. You have to use discernment when you're thinking taste and see, right? And uh, drink the flood water, die. Uh, As it is, when I came home, I had this like weird allergic reaction of some sort or parasite or something made my hand swell for like two hours. It was just the fingertips on my left hand, you know, and it was like, now I'm going to offer to pray with you later. I'll use my right hand just so you don't Anyway, uh, but, you know, it just went, and then nothing ever happened after that blood test showed nothing, but, you know, I must have tasted and seen something I shouldn't have tasted, because I definitely saw something weird on my left hand, and the doctors couldn't figure it out either. But what have you tasted that you were surprised about after? Maybe you tasted something you shouldn't have, and it's been a burden ever since. But maybe you've tasted something that was a pleasant surprise. You were shocked, in fact. Your eyes were open. We're supposed to eat the food that is in the Word of God. We're supposed to taste and see that God is good. Not just know it, but experience it. Which brings us to number two. Feed your spiritual hunger. I mean, there's tons of passages, but I love Matthew 5, 6 that says, uh, blessed, and it's Jesus' first sermon, right? Sermon on the mountain. He just drops it right at the beginning. Verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, For righteousness, for they will be filled. So, like if you're if you've tasted and now you hunger, man, how blessed is your life. If you want to live a blessed life, hunger for the things of God. We should live on a daily craving of of experiences with God. We should come together on Sunday with joyful worship because of all the things God has done through us. Celebrating with stories. Remember how I said I never craved or hungered for, for sushi before I, I tried it the first time? Well, same with coffee. Like, I never, if you would have told me I would crave coffee, right? I would have laughed at you back before college. And then uh, I went to muffin break and tried a, a raspberry chocolate mocha right? And then I was addicted to like really sweet mocha drinks with probably like a chocolate chip muffin with it. It was really healthy. And, uh, and so I would drink that, and I just, I loved studying there mainly because of the drink. And uh, I, I would enjoy that. And then I drew from that, like I started, I started like wanting stronger coffee. This is how, you know, this is the road you go down. And then, and so I started wanting it stronger. And then I did, Years later, I did a Daniel fast where you don't have anything sweet for 21 days, and after that, I went to get my drink at Starbucks, double tall, non-fat, hazelnut latte, extra hot, double cupped. I was like, yes, and I order it, and I sip that thing, and it was sick. It was like drinking sugar. I was like, ugh, so I switched to black coffee, right? Never gone back. I love Americanos or dark coffee, but something started happening. All of a sudden, unintentionally, I became a coffee snob. Right? I like you can taste the differences in coffee, and you like you like crave it bolder, or you know, and you're just like, what am I? What have I become? And then people are just like, oh, you're from Seattle, you know? And you're like, I just don't like dark water. I kind of want it to taste like coffee. If I'm gonna, it's kind of gross to drink boiled water. (laughs) Call it coffee because it's brown could have drank brown warm water in Indonesia and died, but I didn't. Uh, so I just look at this, and I go, you know what? Now I, I crave it more. I crave better coffee. I, crave, I love to try a new flavor of coffee, right? And, uh, and it's kind of the same with our faith. The more we try it, the more we put into action the challenge that we're given, the more, the more we taste and see that the Lord is good, the more we just believe it and practice it. And, and, and if, we, if we know we can pray for somebody and that they can become well, and we pray for somebody and they become well, we want to do it again. You know, the more somebody says, hey, if you share the gospel, the, the, you know, it's easy. It's the gospel that has the power of salvation. Nothing to do with you. It's the gospel in itself… God put in action so that we could go to the throne of grace, and it's what holds the power. It's the gospel that holds the power. If we just share it, people's lives will be transformed. We just got to allow people to taste and see for themselves, kind of get out of the way if you would. We must become less so God can become more. And and the more we do that, action, reaction, right? Prayer is a key… I've found, to feeding our spiritual hunger. Because we won't take action unless we have the courage, and we won't have the courage unless we're prayed up, right? Prayer is the spiritual action that allows us to see the natural reaction, if you will, of what God has done. So when we're praying, we can actually see the fruit, if you would. Jesus' ministry was one of constant demonstration. He was demonstrating that See? It works, right? Just over and over. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the recordings of the gospel in, in the Bible, you can see just over and over Jesus performing miraculous signs and telling stories and, and trying to help people see that, that people can be healed. And, um, and one of the stories that I want to kind of land with today is, is a teaching on prayer, but usually we miss it. Let me illustrate. Matthew 21 verse 12 says this, Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, He said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. We'll read the rest here in a second, but how many times do we read that, and all we see is the turning of the tables and the money changers. We're like, yeah, Jesus, you, you show them. Get out that whip. You know, and it says that He whips them in like one of the other Gospels. You're like, give them some, you know. And, uh, but the, the reality is it was a teaching on prayer. He was introducing or reintroducing something that everybody there knew. They knew Isaiah 56.7. Isaiah 56.7 says this, Uh, I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. How easy is it to do the works of generosity and bless our city? Open Life, we do a great job at that, right? Help where it hurts, but in the end forget to pray for it all, right? Generosity holds a better flavor in our mouths when it's prayed for. That's why last week we prayed for all the vouchers that will go to people for the big give, which is coming up November 23rd. We, we prayed for those vouchers that will go into homes that will bless families with need in the Sumner School District in Bonnie Lake and Sumner. I look at that and I go, joy comes out of generosity when it's bathed in prayer. Joy is the source. I says right there in Isaiah 56, verse 7, give them joy in my house of prayer. Joy is what comes out of us praying together. We must taste and see what is possible when we, when we pray, when we put action to our faith in prayer before we ever do physical action with ourselves. Not just learn but stop and do. How easy is it to tell people you'll pray for them? But when do we just stop and say, let me pray for you right now? It'll mess with somebody at first, right? <laughs> and they're like, hey man, can you just pray for me? Sure, let's do it, Lord. And they're like, Oh, is anybody looking? So what's happening? You know, there's that little moment there, but why not? They, not very often are you turned down if you offer to pray for somebody. You know, sometimes they will, but If you, you just don't give them a chance, usually, is the best way to go. And when you're just like, can I pray for you? Awesome. Lord, I just pray right now, you know, and and they're like, "Uh," you know, and then you're done and they're like, okay, wasn't that bad, you know, but then they know if something makes forward progress in their life, that it was really that, that moment of prayer. Otherwise, if you said, sure, I'll pray with you, they really don't, like, they didn't even hear your prayer. They don't even know, like, your heart. Prayer allows us to see each other's hearts. Passage goes on, verse 14. The blind and the lame came to Him, Jesus, the temple, and He healed them. But then the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things. This is just funny sounding. They saw wonderful things. They saw the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the Son of David, and they were indignant. Do you hear that these children are saying? They asked Him, yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise. And he left them, went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night. Now, you kind of think the story's over, but listen to this. Early in the morning, as he was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree on the road, he went up to it, found nothing except leaves. So it looked good on the outside, right? Looked like a fig tree. Then he said to it, (laughs) may you never bear fruit again because there were no figs on it, right? Immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How do the fig trees wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and it'll be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. This prayer in the wild thing will increase your faith. This taste and see in the area of prayer will increase your faith like crazy because it's at the root of the demonstration of the faith. Jesus does it in the instance of a fig tree, but Ephesians gives us the promise in 3.20, To Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Sometimes we're too smart because it says, to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Some of us never want to take action in our faith. We don't want to bite down. We don't want to actually eat the food unless it's measurable. Well, unless I measure all the risk, unless I measure the actual results of my prayer, unless, I, unless it's all measurable, I'm never going to take action in my faith, even a simple prayer for someone. Sometimes our strength, which is our smarts and intelligence, can be our greatest weakness. But God's power exceeds our best prediction if we just trust in the One who is able Your prayers hold the key to bringing glory to the church and to Jesus as we are the church going out. Could it be that the church lacks power because it lacks prayer? Could it be generations are leaving the church in general, not us, but in general, they're leaving the church because prayer or the lack of it preceded their departure? They trusted their message and their sound and their lights and their, their look over prayer. Could it be that if we began to boldly ask the one who is able, according to his word, he would do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine? I mean, he's already been doing more than I can imagine in and through you and through the church collectively. What if we prayed for more? It's bold but I think He can do it because His Word promises. Again, you'll never hunger for that which you have yet to taste. So, what if we begin to taste the fruit of prayerful living? What if we begin to practice praying as an act of our own regular worship and life, like our pattern, our rhythm, if you will? What if we stop and actually pray with those who have need around us? We just pause and, and pray. It doesn't have to be like some eloquent thing. We just ask God for help. 1 Peter 2, 2-3 through three says, Like newborn babies, crave spiritual, pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. The bottle that holds the spiritual milk from God is prayer. So if we want this, if we want to be nurtured, if we want this, we've got to taste and see. We have to taste and see. Jumping forward to a passage that, that Jesus says, He says in, in John 6, 53, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, just sounds weird, right, uh, and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Sounds like this is something from Criminal Minds or whatever, right? Eat my flesh, drink my blood. But what this is talking about is Jesus was was sharing about the communion experience. And today in our response to this taste and see thing, we have a couple different things that we're going to do. One is communion. Jesus, when He was with His disciples, He challenged them uh, to to take bread, and, and it's a representation of His body that was, went to the cross for us. And, uh, and then His blood was shed for our sins, and He says, take the cup and, and uh, this is my blood that was shed for you. And so communion is a, a celebration of the price Jesus paid, and, and it's to be taken, and we're taught about it in Scripture, it's, it's that experience of eating His flesh and drinking His blood that, that celebrates our salvation. If you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus, I'll pray with you here in just a moment and just invite Him into your life. Choose to follow Him. Discover what it is to to seek Jesus as Savior, and and then you can take communion, but it says don't take communion if you haven't, because then you're drinking judgment on yourself. We simply just take bread, dip it in the juice. It's not wine, so that like, because students are here with us too, so like bread grape juice, eat. That's kind of what we do. We don't like all hold it together. You just go and Lord, this is, thank you for your body. Thank you for your blood. That's how we do communion, which I'll release you to do in just a second. But as well, I want to open up an opportunity for us to pray. And uh, um, so we'll have myself and, and Bruce Will come up our youth pastor, and then uh, Ida's going to come in just a second, and we'll just be up here. And if you, if you uh, just have something that you want prayer for, we want to allow God to. I mean, if I talk about prayer, we better pray, right? Isn't that a good thing? We want to pray. Maybe you find yourself wanting to pray right there with your family about a need, or or with somebody in your small group, and you just versus coming and having somebody else pray for you. But we want to see God do incredible things in and through your life. The worship team will play as we're praying. And then I'll come up and, and close us here in a second. But first, I wanna, I wanna just lead into our time with, with prayer here. And uh, in about five to 10 minutes or so, we'll, we'll close the service and, and dismiss you. But let's, let's take time to dwell on, man, how can I taste and see? Have I been just ordering and waiting for the food to be eaten for me or have I bit into this thing? God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to come and put action to our faith. I thank you for your word which challenges us it encourages us. And I pray for those today that have yet to make a decision to follow you that they would simply just invite you into their life. That they would take one step after another, seeing your faithfulness and understanding that the throne of God is a throne of grace for them and not judgment. You did not send Jesus to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. And I just pray that, Lord, as we celebrate today with these elements that represent your body and blood, simply French bread and juice, but Lord, I pray that you would Allow it to be a moment that just reminds us of the depth of the sacrifice you paid for us. So we get to taste and see. It's an awakening and a reminder of our faith. But as well as we pray here today for people, may you put in action the miracle that they need the provision that they need, the healing that they need, the deliverance that they need. God, the provision, whatever it is, I pray that we would come boldly to the throne of grace today in prayer and agreement where two or more are gathered and you pray. It will be done that if we just don't doubt, we can say to a mountain, go and it'll be cast into a sea. That's real, but do we pray? Maybe some will just sit where they're at with their connection card in their hand and They'll turn it over and begin to look at their next step. I just pray as they dwell on that, God, you would encourage them. What is it that they need to put action to? What can they do this week that will help them grow in their relationship with Jesus? We thank you for the time we have in Jesus' name. Amen.